chastity belts are all fun and games, but this actually is a pretty serious attack here. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover one of our favorite bourbons and the top five most interesting data breaches from this last week. I'm Steve. Mike. Howdy, I'm Shu. Nikki. Great. Nikki, what do you have for us this week? Uh, so for the first topic we'll be covering today, let me share my screen, is uh, interesting. Comes from Leaping Computer. Headline reads, female escort review site data breach affects 470,000 members. It's called Escort Reviews. It's an online community. Promotes female escorts and reviews of their services. Uh, they basically got their entire database downloaded by a hacker and now half a million people at least are going to be affected um it's a hot start to our episode what do you guys think i hope no one used the real name <laughs> well this reminds me of ashley madison right where it's like hey i'm gonna go on to escort reviews i'm gonna use my real name and my corporate email address and then I'm going to be surprised when it's leaked and it destroys my life. Um, I'm wondering more the logistics. Like if you are with an escort and then the night is over, do they then ask you to please like, subscribe, and review? <laughs> like, Give me a thumbs up on escort. Five-star rating. <laughs> How does that transition work? I don't know. I think they probably also offer you breath mints and then try to get you interested in uh, crypto. <laughs> <laughs> but also, who who builds this forum? And you know, it, with that in mind, are they thinking of all of the possible repercussions that could happen if they're not building okay. it? I'm not. Su I'm not surprised it exists. I'm surprised that the name is so pedestrian. I guess Yelp was already taken. So. <laughs> We're like Yelp, but for escorts. <laughs> you know who, who built this? There is this guy that clearly had a bad experience with an escort. And he was like, you know what we need? <laughs> we need a review site where we can force rank these escorts and I can give a negative review. Because clearly in the escort market, there needs to be self-policing. Yeah. Some, someone got burned a while ago. And they started the site, so. Um, I was surprised by all the verified accounts. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting, uh, like, yes, you should, if, if you're going to do this, don't use the real name and everything. But again, it's uh, another thing to worry about is that uh, I was poking around that site and it has not been active since December 2018. So the site kind of went dead, I guess. And um, it's just been sitting out there and they use B Bulletin, which is a, a pretty popular forum software. These things are always riddled with security holes. You're going to get leaked. They were using an old version of it. And the older it is, there's going to be, it, the older it is, the more time someone's going to find a security hole and break in. So, um, yeah, they just left the site up there and they're just basically begging to, uh, to get their data stolen. Uh, no surprise that software is also uh, what runs a lot of hacker forms. So hackers and escort reviews, all using the same technology. All, uh, all joking aside, uh, this does bring up a common theme. Um, if you want to stay safe online, 
Lie. Lying. Tip for the day. Seems like a recurring tip. Lie. Okay. On to number two. So topic number two we'll be covering is coming to us from Yahoo. Headline reads, hacker refuses to hand police password for a seized wallet with $6.5 million in Bitcoin. German authorities who seized a convicted, a, a convicted hacker's wallet containing over 1,700 Bitcoin, um, they're hitting a brick wall when he's not giving them the password, and they're just completely shocked by it. Like, they don't know what to do. What would you do to get this password from the guy? So, so I'm going to preface this with cyber crimes are bad, and I don't condone cyber crimes, but... <laughs> I am incredibly happy this story exists because everyone for 30 years, Bill Gates including, have been trying to kill the password, right? The password's dead. You don't need the password anymore. Just use your finger, your face, or your, you know, your retina scan. Just use something that you are, not something that you know, because knowing things is hard. The counter to that is that you can't force me to tell you something I know. Something I know is private to me. If there's any privacy in the world, it's something I know that you don't. And I am incredibly happy that the story exists, not because a cyber criminal is refusing to turn over ill-gotten gains, but because it shows the password is alive and well and will never be replaced. Yeah, there... There's a good reason why there's a good reason why this stuff is locked with passwords and not with a face ID. I don't know why I don't know why the iPhone has face ID, uh, but it's a good thing that Bitcoin wallets do not. And, and even if you don't have 60 million in Bitcoin, think about being arrested. I can force you to give me your thumb. I can force you to look at a camera. I can't force you to tell me a 16 or 26 or 40 character password. And I'm sure not going to be able to guess that either. So this is a great reminder that uh, multi-factor is alive and well, and it should never be only who you are because who you are can be held against your will. The police could have forced this person to press a part of their body against their phone to get $60 million, they would have done it. But it's something they knew, which they can't force yet. We asked him, but he didn't say, prosecutor Sebastian Moore told Reuters on Friday. Perhaps he doesn't know. Or perhaps he does. Quote. You'll never know. <laughs> yes. it's, uh, he can start up a new wallet <clears throat> at any time, and he can get those coins back. So that guy's having a really great turn around to his fortunes uh, and maybe a little bit of amnesia is not a bad thing. All, all cyber criminals are having a great year. <laughs> Bitcoin went from 10 million or sorry, uh, $10,000 for one Bitcoin. This was just a few months ago, um, up to 40,000, right? So cyber criminals just 4x their uh, their um, savings. That's better than uh, GameStop. Um, let's do a bourbon break. So a quick bourbon break. Today's bourbon is Bowman Brothers. And what's interesting about Bowman Brothers, it's a small batch Virginia 
straight bourbon whiskey. So a little bit about Bowman Brothers. Bowman Brothers has a few different offerings. Uh, we are looking at the Virginia Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is actually a double gold winner from the San Francisco World Spear Competition, which they don't list anywhere on their site. I don't know if that's an oversight or if they truly don't care uh, that much about that award, which a lot of people actually go for. They have three different spirits. Um, you've got the small batch, you've got a port barrel finish, which is a popular finish these days for uh, whiskeys or bourbons. And then you've got a, a signature uh, series right here. Um, we are working on the small batch, which was roughly, uh, I wanna say 30 um, MSRP, maybe 33. Um, what's interesting obviously is that it's a Virginia distillery in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So, you know, we're, we are not talking about a large city. We're not talking about the Kentucky uh, Bourbon Trail. Uh, actually driving distance if you're in uh, Washington. So make a quick stop down to A. Smith Bowman Distillery. Um, and uh, I did note our friends over Breaking Bourbon that it is a Sazerac company. So they were purchased in uh, 2003 by Sazerac. Um, they don't release their mash bill. Uh, it is uh, between six to seven years aged in oak. Um, and we don't know what the mash bill is. Um, so I'm enjoying this uh, one from the novelty uh, because I've not had a lot of uh, bourbons from Virginia, but then also um, it's just a really smooth drinking bourbon. So if you get this, you'll get some sweet notes, maybe a little uh, burnt sugar on the nose, um, not terribly overpowering. It's light, it's pleasant. It's uh, in my mind, a little similar to the Evan Williams single barrel, uh, which we featured as well. Um, and that's it, you know, it's not terribly complicated. Um, it's sweet, it's got a good amount of oak. Um, it's a pretty quick, finish to it. So don't expect it to be lingering there for terribly long. Um, it's just a nice light drinking uh, bourbon. Um, and so we're having that today. Um, definitely recommend it. Um, if only for the novelty factor um, to try different bourbons from different states. There's some good bourbons coming out of Virginia, obviously, Kentucky, and then a few new ones um, here in Texas as well. We, we featured one of them uh, with the Balcones Distillery. That's our bourbon break. Ready for number three? Let's do it. Number three topic we'll be covering today comes from The Verge. Patient names and colonoscopy results from US hospitals posted by hackers to the dark web. What, 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 do, you, what do you guys think about this hack? And I mean, is it just the same as the rest except for the fact that there's colonoscopy in there again? <laughs> You're very obsessed <laughs> with colonoscopy. <laughs> So very well, I saw this and I was like, this is big. <laughs> so so one, one, one very important distinction was that they specifically said this was not a ransomware attack. This was just blackmail. They just grabbed data and blackmailed it. So this is uh, not a very sophisticated attack at all. They just found this got in, get some data, 
see if they get some money out of it. Kind of just goofing and then goofing. That's a perfect description of what happened. I think they were just goofing. This is, I mean, it, it's ransom. It's just old fashioned ransom. It's blackmail. The original ransom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I stole sensitive information and I'm holding it for ransom and you're going to give me money or else I'm going to disclose it. Protected, sensitive, federally regulated HIPAA information, uh, you know, which is the center of your entire business. So it's, it, it carries some weight. Yeah. Again, I looked this up. Uh, one of the hospitals is uh, in Kona in Texas with a population of 3,000 people that right on the Oklahoma border. So um, are the people uh, whose information was leaked affected by this? Absolutely, yes. And um, I doubt that this, that this small, very, very small hospital took cybersecurity very seriously because they're just a tiny regional hospital. If you can't do technology well, then don't do it, right? Like they should have outsourced it to someone that has stronger, you know, either an MSSP or a healthcare specific um, data store. I agree with that. Ultimately, they, they bear the responsibility for the lost data, but it is sometimes difficult, especially with those strap teams to get the buy-in from executives, especially for, for the necessary budget to do, to do all those things. I mean, it's nobody, nobody, I guarantee you is sitting around in an office saying, wow, security's hard. I guess I'm just not going to do it, which is not what you said either, but it's, you know, everybody wants to, to do well, but it's, it's ultimately seen as a cost center until the, until they ask for the ransom. Until something like this happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the mindset of I'm a small hospital, so I'm going to do anything with technology should be thrown away. It's I'm a small hospital, so I need to go and sign up with one of the major MSSPs so that I can operate business. I mean, we've seen a lot of attacks, but specifically attacks on hospital, on hospitals have, have double. So this is going to be an issue that keeps popping up again, I bet. Yeah, I definitely saw that in the hacker forums. A lot of people were targeting healthcare. Um, there were some phishing attacks that a uh, hacker posted while they were in draft form. So they, they were crowdsourcing feedback. They're like, hey, I'm thinking of these phishing attacks specific to COVID. What do you guys think? And like a few people were outraged. They're like, how dare you? You're going to get the FBI uh, blah, blah, blah. But everyone else was like, yeah, that, this is really good. You can try this and try this and try this. Like that you, if it bleeds, it leads. And if it's critical, then you hack it because that's where the money is. Topic number four, we'll be covering a hacker increased chemical level at Old Smar's city water system. Uh, the sheriff says uh, last week, a couple, two days before, um, Super Bowl hacker got into a water treatment supply center and essentially had uh, supercharged the amount of sodium hydroxide in the water from 100 parts per million to 1100 parts per million, which I don't know the ratio there, but it seems bad. Uh, Sheriff said that it was, you know, <laughs> it was going to lead to, it, it could have led to a lot of 
complications if it wasn't cut in the next 24 or 48 hours. I did a little bit of research today to see if there's any updates and they still don't know if it's a you know, foreign actor or just some, some straight local goofing. Um, but this is a serious, <laughs> serious problem that had occurred recently. Do you think that this is going to happen more? This seems like it could be very problematic. What do you guys think? N not to victim blame, but. You say that on the show a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to victim blame. Someone needs to be fired. If your uh, water treatment critical controls, including putting at low levels, not toxic chemicals, but at high levels, toxic chemicals into the water are connected to the internet, that, that's on you. So that, that is, this should never happen at any water treatment plant ever because critical controls at the water treatment plant should never be connected to the internet. This, this should not have been possible. So I, 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 I'm gonna disagree with you. Like I understand what you're saying and, and critical stuff um, we've seen before that being offline really helps, but in this day and age, that's hard. And the attack factor here was that um, they had a vendor that had some sort of software that had that in order to maintain and, and run diagnostics had to have remote access into the machine. That's the problem here. Tell it to target. If it's connected to the internet, okay, I understand some points, but they had to open up a computer for remote access. That's stupidly dangerous. That's a bad vendor, bad product. Don't buy a product like that. I, bad vendor, bad product. <clears throat> the thing that injects poison into the water should never be connected to the internet. <laughs> Period. Full stop. End of statement. <laughs> if if you ever think through, you know, whatever security controls you're putting in place, that that's a good idea, fire yourself. <laughs> like this is the worst. Someone needs to be fired now. That you you cannot put poison controls on the internet. We, we had chastity belts connected to the internet and a hacker locked them for ransom chastity belts are all fun and games but this actually is a pretty serious attack here <laughs> yeah. yes chastity belt is an inconvenience <laughs> poisoned water is a uh, have we had a situation this is <laughs> like uh flint michigan but caused by a hacker, yeah. right? Don't, don't ever do this. If you have IoT, if you have uh, industrial controls, there's a lot of industrial control systems out there that are, that are run by computers. Uh, they're great. I know about a few of them from home brewing and brewing and you know, going to brew pubs. You never attach them to the internet, period. Like that just doesn't happen. If you break into utility, worst case, you, you steal a bunch of emails. You don't poison the water supply. Yeah, and, and actually, um, when I heard about this, I thought it was like uh, uh, 
it really alerted me here because in all seriousness, we cover a lot of cases like female escorts and we, we, we cover a lot of cases on this podcast and we joke about it and we laugh about it. But for this one, I was like, oh shit, this is pretty serious because the history of industrial, con- um, industrial control system attacks have been rare, but when they happen, it makes news. It's pr- they're pretty legendary and famous. And the scary thing about this is that when they first started, even Stuxnet, the primary goal of the attacks was to disable whatever function that that system was supposed to do. So Stuxnet was designed to ruin the centrifuges. Okay, I get that. But now within the past couple of years, this attack and also the Trident attack in Saudi Arabia, they're targeting the safety systems. So at a certain point, a couple of years ago, hackers have started to basically attack people's lives and safeties here. It's not just messing around here. This is, they're trying to kill people. Yeah, there's there's no amount there's no amount of control or just assessment on that vendor that's that's going to make that safe. It's just it's a non it's a non-starter because that this is the kind of hacking this is the branch of hacking that will never stop. This is just a probing jab to see what could get done. You know, the the re- the real thing is once you have enough intelligence to understand uh the routes in, that's when the hacker community gets gets creative ultimately and persistent and will not stop. If yeah. they can, they will. Yeah. Best case scenario is this this teenager in a basement in Tampa, if they have basements in Tampa, um, that are just messing around. But um, this is the type of thing that could be a state, I would very easily believe as a state level attack to see what's what can be done. T- Tampa is a swamp. So if they dug into the ground, it'd be like New Orleans where they'd actually hit water. <laughs> so they don't have basements in Tampa and um, the well, well the other the other point here is that there's there's actually other other hacks that that affect people's lives too and I think that the, those those are two different categories of breaches there's breaches um, that cause identity theft there's people there's breaches that cause interruptions and then there's like for example the fraud case uh, that we were working on where someone got their identity stolen and had their blood type changed because somebody wanted to use their identity uh, you know, to have surgery. And if they had, had needed emergency services, the hospital would have had the wrong blood type on record. You know, there, there's, a, there's a different branch of breach that this belongs to. Yeah. The, the one thing I'll say for this story is, and, and I am, you know, I love the technology revolution. I think that uh, machine learning, internet of things, it's all gonna lead to higher efficiencies. But there are some systems that should never be attached to the internet. And if they have to stay manual, if they have to stay uh, fully offline, if they have to stay unautomated, then that's how it has to be. And, And I would say water treatment which has been done for, I'm going to go with a hundred years, doesn't need to be a highly automated uh, system. You could have a fully offline, some 80s or 90s tech, you know, Honeywell makes some great controls, 
that never touch the internet and have great water. And so I think this is one of those situations. I wouldn't want uh, a nuclear power plant to have its safety controls online, right? You, you, want, you assume every power plant has a control dashboard run by people physically there. Uh, I don't care if it's convenient to have them not physically there. Um, you, you assume that there's that level of control where you have to physically be in the building and turn knobs and stuff to make the power go. On to number five. Site point discloses data breach after stolen info used in attacks. The site point web professional community has disclosed data breach after their user database was sold and eventually leaked for free on a hacker forum. Um, this closes out today's episode simply because it's one of those situations where uh, the victims were notified after plenty of time had passed. Uh, looking over the article and a couple of the details, uh, December 2020 is when um, a data breach broker had put the information online. And they said they had um, 1 million user records. Believe the computer reached out to SitePoint and said, hey, what do you have to say about this? And they didn't respond. Uh, January 26th, Shiny Hunters went, posted, and shared the database uh, for learnable.com for free. And then uh, not long after is when all the users were notified and it was like, hey, you should probably change your password or look at your, uh, your emails or be on, uh, on guard because your information is out there. Um, did you guys look into this? What do you guys think? So a few, a few annotations to your story. One, it's obviously raid, raid forms. That there's no hiding that once you see a purple haired hentai figure, it's raid forms. So I don't even know why they try to hide this. Um, it's raid forms. Um, you can Google dork any title that's in those images and immediately find the exact forms. Um, Two, Shiny Hunters has been <clears throat> very active in some high profile hacks. I think they were also involved somehow in the uh, Data Viper hack uh, that hit the news a few months ago. Eastspring um, a couple weeks ago. That was listed too as Shiny Hunters. Shiny Hunters, don't know if that's a person or a group, often one or both. Uh, but very ho high profile, like uh, uh, Kelvin Sec Team. Kelvin Sec Team does a lot of hacks, puts them all out there on raid forms as well, um, or an unknown form with hentai figures all over. Um, yeah, I mean, this hack is not terribly um, noteworthy, other than they were able to break into one vendor and get lots of different companies data. I think the noteworthy part of this hack was how SitePoint didn't say anything until users started to realize that their data had been had been had been released and then they acknowledged the hack. So another example of what not to do when you when you're breached. Yeah that that's always bad. So silence 
is the second to worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do is try to downplay it, which we covered, I think, in last episode. episode. It's not a big deal. A lot of companies that are willing to pay $10 million because they made like $10 billion a year prior, and they're just like, this is not a big deal. Don't worry about it. You'll get some identity theft. Here you go. Uh, That's, I think, that's, we've covered that multiple times in this series of episodes. There's, there's uh, being an idiot, then there's silence, and then there's a whole world of good responses. Like, we're looking into it, which almost everyone says because legal makes them say it, right? Like, so just never be silent to be like, we're all, we're, we're looking into this. We're taking this seriously. Those are free. Those are free words. Take them. Just whenever anyone emails you, you say, we're looking into it. We're taking well, this seriously. It's, but it's so scripted, you know, especially on this show. It, it should be bingo or it should be a drinking game. Like every single time they're looking into it. Drink, drinking game, of course. For, for, for real, if they give you a year of free identity protection, they tell you that several people were affected, but not in your state. If they tell you that, yes, their systems were accessed, but not the servers that contained customer data. I mean, you have bingo. Uh, oh, also, I would say that denying is pretty bad, too. D- denying is a horrible thing to do with a data breach. Yeah. Um, but silence is not okay. Silence is not okay. Like, yeah. most companies try to hide data breaches, but once you have a reporter emailing you, that game's up. You got to say something. <laughs> But but let's like let's just wrap up with noting that the, the problems uh, are intractable and also related, right? If you're a company and you say, okay, we were breached, here's exactly what happens and who was affected. People come after your bank account, which you can't lock. If they catch the hacker, they will not give the password to the wallet. They'll do the two uh, years in prison and basically make a 30 million a year, you know, to do push-ups, make friends, and access the public library. <laughs> And then the you know they they'll be out on their own recognizance. So the there are intractable issues as to why information flows so freely in the hacker community, uh, and it doesn't when that information is legitimately needed by affected consumers. Well, this has been an episode of Bourbon and Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, comment, subscribe, and like us. If you didn't like what you saw today, argue with the other people in the comment section. Let's get a little feedback going here. Um, if you have a breach that you'd like us to try uh, or talk about, um, let us know. And then if you have a bourbon you'd like us to try or talk about, you can let us know as well at contact at hacknotice.com. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers.